Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Following Paralumen. Quote-unquote, not your ordinary podcast, where we talk about all things under the sun. I'm your host, Danny Catehuco, competitive coffee drinker, passport stamp collector, and now your new favorite podcast host. Sit back, relax, and let's get the show on the road. Hey everyone, welcome back to the following Paraluman podcast series. I'm Danny, and as per usual, I'm actually still in the Philippines because, well, there is a global pandemic, and I mean, surprisingly, it's not that bad. And I actually am trying to find ways on how to be productive. I'm enjoying spending quality time with my family, especially my niece and my grandma. And I actually just got a new job. <laughs> Yay me! Um, so it's a full-time job um, as a writer at a media company that mostly caters to millennials, I think. <laughs> But yeah, I'm mostly writing about different stuff, different topics from life hacks to celebrities, horoscopes, I know. But, um, what else? I'm actually doing a lot of things and I still have my freelance clients and obviously the work that I have to do for myself, for my blog, for this podcast and for my photography. And surprisingly, I've been adjusting quite okay. I'm not going to say that I've been adjusting very well because I'm still struggling every single day, especially because I'm not really a morning person. Everybody who's lived with me can attest to the fact that I never wake up earlier than 11am. It's true, <laughs> but lately I've been trying to wake up at around 8.30, latest is about 10 o'clock, and that's when I really can't get up, which is surprisingly not a lot of times, but yeah, I'm still coping, I'm still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, and I'm trying to just get at it one step at a time, one day at a time, so wish me luck. Um, I'll actually link some of the articles that I previously worked on at this new job that I am doing. And if you're interested in reading some of my articles, it will be posted on the description box below. So, yeah. For today's episode, I would like to talk about what kept me going. Odd jobs, 9-to-5s, volunteering, and freelancing. So quite a lot of people have asked me, how do I get to travel the world? It seems... Glamorous. It does seem a little bit luxurious, but the reality of it is not very luxurious at all. It's a given that it's a great opportunity. I'm very blessed. I'm not even going to take that for granted. And I'm not going to deny that some things are still given to me. Like whenever I run out of money, my mom will still try to bail me out and then I'll pay her back when I get, you know, more money. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you my secrets, the tricks of the trade, and what actually goes behind the scenes. So from the title of this episode, I feel like you already have a grasp of what this episode is going to be. So I'm just going to tell you the story of how it all started. Today, actually, I had a call with my university buddies. Uh, we studied creative writing. Um... They were commenting on how I actually got the life that I wanted, how I got the career that I really, really, really wanted, and how I got the highest point 
in one of our school assignment. Um, one of our professors gave us the task of doing a travel blog. This was, I think, 2013 or 2014. It's like a really long time ago. And our professor wanted us to explore a part of our province, a part of our town that is beautiful, that we think is beautiful. And so I went to this really old Hispanic church in my town called Nuestra Señora de la Asunción. I think that's what it's called. Not really Catholic, so don't come at me. Um, but yeah, I went to that church. I tried to take snaps of it. I went to a local hero's um, ancestral home. I went to a local hero's monument. And I tried local delicacy in our town, which is mami. It's kind of like a noodle soup and it's very good. So yeah, for that assignment I did photography and I did a write-up on why I think all these places, all this food is beautiful and delicious. And I did get the highest point in that homework. But to tell you the truth, I didn't actually start blogging up until maybe 2017. Well, I kept that blog for my homework. I kept it and I started just like doing a little journal on it, but I didn't do actual blogging up until 2017. Um, I first started traveling, everybody has heard this story before, it was Thailand, Malaysia, no not Malaysia, Cambodia, and Vietnam, and it was the summer of 2015, it was the year before I was set to graduate university, and I knew that I needed to get away. It was just a normal backpacking trip. It, that was a trip that had me thinking, I really want to do this. I really want to see the world. I really want to do this for a living. How can I do it? How can I get out there like for the long run? Because I've met all these kinds of people that are traveling for like six months, three months, two years. And I'm like, I've been traveling for two weeks and I don't know how my money's not going to run out. I don't know how you do it. And so I went back home. I finished my degree next year I graduated. Um, so yeah, here comes the 9 to 5. I always just say that I've never actually done a 9 to 5 job, but that's a lie. After graduation, well I went to New York City for two months. My mom sent me there to figure things out what I wanted to do, but I was like, I want to go back to the Philippines and test the waters, test the corporate lifestyle and whatnot. And so I got a job at a tech startup. I know, I don't seem like the tech startup kind of person, but I mean, who is? But yeah, I worked at a tech startup here in Manila, in Bonifacio Global City, and that was from October, or September, I think September 2016, up until February 2017. That was like six months. And when I was working here, I know that I wasn't gonna go anywhere else because I wasn't regular yet. I wasn't entitled to like leaves yet, like travel breaks because I was still on probation. And so I think after I got out of probation, I wanted to go to Taipei because Coldplay was playing and it was a lot cheaper to fly into Taipei than actually buy a ticket for their show in Manila. I know, crazy. But then I got a cheap flight to Taipei from Manila. It was back and forth. And I got a concert ticket for Coldplay in Taipei. And I was like, yes, it's happening. All I have to do is file for leave. It was literally like five days. Actually, now that I kind of think of it, that is a lot, no? I don't know if that's a lot, but then at the same time, I've never actually like had to file for leaves yet. 
But anyway, long story short, the leave got denied. And then I was like, yeah, I'm tired of this corporate bullshit. I'm gonna quit my job. And so I quit my job right then and there. I, I don't know, I'm still kind of like bratty in that way. Cause like who the fuck quits their job after not being granted a leave? I don't know, could just be me. But I knew at that point that this wasn't what I wanted. And so I quit my job and I pushed through with my plans to go to Taipei. A couple of problems though. I didn't have enough money to pay for a hotel. And so what I did was I remembered that I had this blog just like being dormant and not being used. And I said to myself, why don't I just send out sponsorship requests for hotels, hostels and whatnot. And so this was still at the time when I still had a WordPress um, domain. I mean, I still have a WordPress domain, like a WordPress supported by I mean, a website supported by WordPress, but I have my own domain now, www.danikatenhutka.com. But before, in 2017, I still had www.danikatenhutka.wordpress.com. So it was not legit yet. And so there was I at home, newly unemployed. And so I sent out a bunch of sponsorship requests for my upcoming trip to Taipei. I waited, patiently waited. This was about three weeks before I was set to fly out. So I had ample time to find accommodation and whatnot. And so I sent out requests to hotels, hostels, restaurants, tea places, because obviously it's Taiwan. They're really known for their tea and I love tea. And what else? Um, dessert shops, because why not? And yeah, literally like all the things that I like, all the things that I want to do. And so I waited, I patiently waited. And then a few days later, I started getting responses back. And so long story short, I got a sponsorship deal for a couple of things. First, a hotel stay, like in a really fancy hotel in one of the districts in Taipei where hot springs and all that stuff is prevalent. And I had my very own hot spring jacuzzi in my room. It was crazy. And then what else? I got a week-long hostel stay. What else? I got to do a tea ceremony. I got to see how teas were made, how they were like fried, harvested and whatnot, and packed, obviously. And then they sent me like a little cute gift. What else? So in Taipei, shaved ice is actually pretty popular. So I got a sponsorship deal from this particular spot that only caters to like shaved ice and all that stuff. And it was really good. They had me try like different flavors of shaved ice and desserts and it was really good. That was really good. Like literally desserts all afternoon long. What more can I ask for? And I also got a couple of restaurant sponsorship deals, so I didn't really have to spend any money for food. Aside from the fact that I wanted to go out for dinners at the night markets because night markets were really popular in Taiwan. So I came home from that trip thinking to myself, wow, this is actually possible. How can I do this more often? Is this actually allowed? Am I considered to be a legit blogger now? I don't think influencers were a thing in 2017. I don't think so. At least that wasn't in my vocabulary yet. So actually after Taiwan, I was going to be visited by my then boyfriend and we were going to spend two months in the Philippines just island hopping. I know, the dream. And so on a couple of our um, island trips, I sent out 
sponsorship deals for hotels, hostels, restaurants that are based in the different islands that we will be hitting up. And so I was like, if I had done it in Taipei, I surely can do it in the Philippines. I mean, this is my motherland and surely they'll be really supportive, right? And so I was right. And so we were actually sponsored by a few of hotels and hostels and restaurants that were based in the islands that we went to. And so it literally got me thinking, is this actually a legit career? Can I do this? Will this supplement my travel lifestyle? It did not. <laughs> it really didn't. I hate to break it to you, but it didn't. Blogging just earned me minimal amount of money. More often than not, it was mostly free stays, free stuff, free food, free experiences like massages and whatnot. I mean, it's a given. A lot of people earn money from blogging. It just didn't work out for me. I mean, I still blog because, I mean, now it's being monetized quite okay. I still don't earn a lot of money from blogging, but I've somehow learned how to put ads in my blog. And so that works. I think I'll save um, this whole topic of blogging, how blogging has changed my life for another episode, but now it's about different jobs that I've done while traveling. So let's not get carried away, I think. <laughs> and so yeah, blogging didn't really quite help me out the way I expected it to when I was, I think I was, I think I was 19 or 20 in 2017, I'm not sure. 20, I think, but yeah. And so I was like, sure, blogging, yeah, it's gonna work well. And so in 2017, um, in July, my ex-boyfriend went back to Canada. And then the next month, I went to China briefly for a visit. And then I went straight to New York City. What did I do in New York City? When I arrived in New York City, I was desperate. I would literally do anything. I would wash dishes, I would clean tables, I'd waitress, I would do anything to stay in that city, to earn money, to get more money for travels. And so this is where odd jobs come in. Because in the US standards, I'm not qualified for any corporate jobs. And it's just really hard to get a job in the States, that's about it. <laughs> but yeah, I did a bunch of odd jobs when I was living in New York City, like bartending, babysitting, hostessing. Um, I got a job at this um, diner in Westchester County in this town called Larchmont Mamaroneck. And I worked there for about six months in 2017 to 2018. I would only ever do shifts on weekends. So from Saturdays, I would do nine to nine, literally 12 hours, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Sundays, I would do nine to five. It was a little bit shorter. And that was my regular shift. Sometimes when people would call in sick, I would work um, on the weekdays from nine to five or from five to nine. And so that was my job. That was my life when I was in New York City. I would do that and at the same time, I would be babysitting, I would be dog walking. I'm not glamorizing any of this because it's not glamorous at all but it can be inspiring. When I tell people from the Philippines that I clean houses, that I clean toilets, that I waitress, that I do hostessing, they're like, why? Why would you do that? And the answer will never change. 
It's because I want to see more of the world. I want to travel the world. I want to save money. I want to live in New York City. I want to experience living in this grand, ambitious, and beautiful city. The big, bad city. And I've done that. Why are you stuck in an office? I mean, I'm not judging you. Why are you judging me? And I don't really remember how many people have tried to look down on me because I've done manual labors in the past. And quite frankly, I don't really care. It's gotten me to five continents and I will gladly do it all over again. Now comes the third step. First is odd jobs. Second is nine to five. Third is volunteering. And so yeah, I've saved enough money to travel from my nine to five. Now, how do I stay on the road? How do I do it? How can I save money or not spend any money at all? That's where volunteering comes in. I'm a part of this website called Workway. It's pretty popular. There's like different variations of it, like alternatives. And basically they ask for a payment of about $40 per year, which is quite cheap if you ask me, considering for the fact that you could be spending $10 per night at a dorm, and this is basically like $40. It's like an equivalent of like four nights. And so it's pretty cheap, I think. And so on this website, you can basically look for volunteering positions in all the continents in the world. So I first learned about it in Singapore from one of the people that I've met via couch surfing. And I was like, wow, you're traveling for such a long time. How do you do it? My money's always running out. And he was like, oh, it's because I volunteer via Workaway. And I'm like, what is Workaway? How do I not know about it? And so he basically explained it to me. And so as soon as I got home, I looked it up and I immediately signed up for it. So I started my very first volunteering gig in Morocco, actually, in a small town called Tarudant. And my very first volunteering position was as a volunteer English teacher. And I was mainly working with this organization called 7S Life, I think. I'm not sure, but anyway. They were a family running a school in Morocco for students. It was like an after-school program, and I was teaching them English, ranging from A0 to B2. And the age group of the students were like elementary school to adult. I literally had students that were older than me. It was actually kind of amazing that I get to teach them what I know, because I've always thought that I wasn't really an educator, I, was, I wouldn't be good as a teacher because I'm very impatient. But anyway, after that, I also started volunteering mainly in hostels. So for hostel jobs, it would be the same. It would be cleaning, um, changing of the sheets, cooking sometimes, reception duties, bar duties, and that was about it, I think. I mean, at least that's what I always did. And in return, you get free food, free accommodation, and sometimes even monetary allowance. And it was great. I've done it in Morocco, in Turkey, in Mexico, in Colombia. I think I've done it in the Philippines, but I'm not really sure. I can't really keep up with any of my travels. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah. Oh, another odd job, actually. I, I became a bartender in Istanbul. I don't know how I did it actually, but um, I was mostly doing draft beers and the occasional cocktails, but it was actually pretty fun. It was a really great experience. So now I know how to perfectly pour a beer out of the tap. 
It was really great. It's a life skill, really. <laughs> but yeah, so in return for your services, they would need to give you accommodation, a bed, um, food, and sometimes, yeah, monetary allowance, as I've said before. When I was in um, Mexico, in Oaxaca de Juarez, I did a volunteering job and it was in a hostel. And instead of monetary allowance, I was given commission. For every tour that I've sold, I get 200 pesos, which is about $10 if I'm not mistaken. It was actually quite good. I think it was $10, I'm not sure. But something in the likes of that. Could be $5. Yeah, I think it's $5. Um, but anyway, every week we would get our weekly commissions for how many tours we've sold. That's why for every people that I've checked in, I'd be like, do you want to book a tour? Yes, yeah, I'd be like really accommodating because at the end of the day, I'm getting money for that. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, practically is very easy. I've never actually had any troubles with Workaway with volunteering before. And frankly, I miss it. I miss the volunteer life. I love, I miss living in hostels. I miss the feeling of excitement like not knowing is the person that's coming today going, are they going to be fun? Are they going to be pain in the asses? Or are they going to be hot or cute? Or are we gonna be friends with them? Literally, I was just talking to my um, roommate, Shauna. I was like, do you remember when we would like guess if the people that were coming were like cute or hot or were they could be friendly? And she was like, yeah, so many things we took for granted. <laughs> But yeah, I actually can't wait to go back to the travel grind, to the volunteering lifestyle because you actually get to meet a lot of wonderful people, especially if your bosses are quite chill and laid back and have the same passion for life as you. It's a recipe for success. Um, so yeah, that's my experience with volunteering and Workaway. If you have any other questions, honestly, just let me know. I'd love to be of help. And yeah, obviously the last one is freelancing. I didn't start freelancing up until maybe 2018 and that was like occasional, very, very, very rarely. Like I'd get translation jobs, I'd get writing jobs, but like it was slow. It was really, really, really slow. So my travel cycle goes like this. I would do an odd job in New York City, I'd work for six months. And then the rest of the six months, I'd be traveling. In order for me to not run out of money, I would be volunteering. And in order for me to accumulate more money, I would be freelancing. And so for my freelance jobs, I would be doing photography, I'd be writing content and literary um, content for websites, for media websites, for blogs, ghostwriting, guestwriting, and I'd be writing literary content for myself. And then obviously I would still be blogging, like I'd get sponsorships, I'd get money from ads, I would get brandings, and it's been great. It's honestly been really great. The past two years of doing freelance work has been quite thrilling and exciting, and, and I've come to realize what works for me, what doesn't work for me, how my routine is, what kind of worker am I, am I... Um, am I a fast writer? Um, do I edit photos quickly? Do I edit photos beautifully? Um, do I know how to instruct my model? Do I know how to um, write the proper SEO um, keyword? And at the end of the day, it's just me learning how to get more clients. It's me learning how to be patient with myself, 
Um, if I don't finish a certain task at a particular amount of time, it's just me learning to take it easy, take a breather, take some rest. And I'm still learning, actually. I'm still kind of figuring it all out. I'm still trying to get more jobs. And I feel like I've succeeded in being a digital nomad at the moment because I got this full-time job that is actually remote. Even if there's no COVID, I'd still be working remotely. But the thing is, there is COVID and I'm working remotely, but I'm still at home. It's kind of sad for me. But at the same time, is it actually really sad? Because I'm working at home with the threat of a pandemic and I'm safe. I don't need to leave the comfort of my house. And so it's still a blessing in disguise. And so I'm still thinking about what the pros and cons are of this job or of me not being able to travel is or looking into the bright side of everything really. And at the same time, if I make it, if I continually do well in this job, at the end of the day, after all this pandemic is over, I can get back out there with more money, with more credibility, with a proper job that I actually really like. And so it's a win-win. And there really is no point in stressing out because at the end of the day, we're all still just figuring it out. And sometimes I still have to remind myself that. Actually, one of my struggles right now is my application for grad school. Yes, I'm applying for grad school right now. And no, it's not. I'm not going to be studying something related to writing. And so as we are all aware, in order to submit an application, I need um, reference letters. And so I'm like, who do I ask? I've never actually held a proper job before. Not a career, not anything with it relates to like stepping up my corporate ladder game. Who do I ask? Well, I've asked some of the professors that I liked when I was still in college. Who do I ask? Because at the same time, I can't re really ask any of my freelance clients. Like, imagine this girl that I photographed um, last April. I'd be like, hey, I'm applying for grad school. Can you write me a letter and tell that school how great I am as a photographer? Or like some people that I've ghost wrote for. I'd be like, hey, um, can, you write can you do me a favor and write me a letter for of recommendation for the school that I'm applying for? It doesn't really work that way. And so the thing is it came to me why don't i ask people that i volunteered for volunteered with because at the end of the day they know my work ethic and they're the ones that have worked with me for long periods of time and they've literally like lived with me and so they know me better than anyone else and so i've started asking people that i volunteered for volunteered with to write me recommendation letters and honestly, it's been really great. It's been really helpful. And even if I don't really have anything of a corporate credential, I know that my work ethic is flawless. I know my limits and I know what I can and cannot do. And I'm pretty confident in that. And yeah, those are the things that have kept me going during the last four years of traveling on and off. Odd jobs, nine to fives, volunteering, and freelancing. Honestly, everyone perceives this kind of nomadic lifestyle as glamorous or as luxurious or as laid back, but it really isn't. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of behind the scene actions. It's a lot of crying over <laughs> lost flights, crying over unmet deadlines, crying over things that didn't work out because at the end of the day, I'm still human and... As much as I'd like to say that 
this life is perfect, it's beautiful, and it doesn't have any problems whatsoever. That's not true. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's amazing. Yes, it's one of a kind. But it also is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of sacrifices. But you know what? It's worth it. The people that I've met, the faces that have stuck with me, the places that I've seen are beyond beautiful, beyond spectacular, and beyond anything else that I could ever imagined had I not left the Philippines. I don't really regret not doing a more conventional career, even if it could have helped me more with my grad school applications, because had I not traveled, I wouldn't even know that I wanted to study global politics or international relations, or I wouldn't be able to find my true passion for helping women and refugees and children. Because I was so young when I graduated university, I was only 19. I started university at 16, that was my bachelor's. I was a kid, I was a baby. I knew that I wanted to write, I knew that I've always wanted to become a writer. But to what extent? The past four years of traveling, of living on the road, has helped me immensely more than anything else. More than I can ever think of. It helped me finally figure out what I want to write about, what I want to write for, who I want to give my voice to. All these people, all these children, all these women, all these refugees that are voiceless, to them who I want to give my voice to. And had I not traveled, had I not cleaned all those toilets, had I not mopped all those dirty kitchens, had I not hitchhiked, because I was, I was out of money to even buy a bus ticket, I would never finally figure out my true calling in life. And I would never, ever want to change anything. I've lived four years, a life of adventures, a life of misadventures, a life of beauty, a life of excitement, a life of uncertainty. And I, I will never take it for granted ever again because pre-covid i was like oh yeah i'll still be here tomorrow oh yeah like i can go there next week so like i'm just thinking here at home i'm like when are we allowed to actually go back out there so i'll never take traveling for granted again i will do it all again even if i wake up tomorrow and i'm back to being 19 and i was given the choice to climb the corporate ladder or to go back to slumming it, to solo traveling, to budget backpacking, I'd always choose the latter. Because this life is what makes me happy. This lifestyle is what keeps me going. And I will never trade it for the world. Ever. And so yeah, odd jobs, nine to fives, volunteering, and freelancing. I hope that this podcast episode has shed some light into some of your questions, some of the questions that you might have for me. Um, if you have any more questions that I didn't answer in this podcast episode, please let me know by commenting or by sending me a private message in any of my social media accounts. So my social media accounts are at dmtenhutko. Everything will be listed down below in the description box. Um, but yeah, 
If there are any questions that you think I might have the answer to, please don't hesitate to ask me. After all, I do love um, helping my fellow travelers, my fellow digital nomads, and my fellow wandering souls. But for now, I have to go to bed. <laughs> it's currently midnight here in the Philippines, and I have work at around 9 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode, and... Hang in there. We're all going to be able to get back out there very, very soon. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening and let me know what you guys think. Um, for the meantime, it's ciao for now and bye.